Ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Shelby. Hey, book lovers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Miss Willa's Book Club. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jenna. We're your hosts, and we're excited to be here with you today discussing our favorite thing, books. Whether you're a fan of magical fantasy realms or a hopeless romantic, we have the perfect book recommendations for you. So grab your bookmarks and get cozy, because each episode we'll be discussing viral books on BookTok and Bookstagram. And don't forget that drink of the episode. Well, hi, Jenna. Well, hi, Shelby. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. This is part two of our episode for A House of Earth and Blood or Crescent City One. Oh, yes. And we have kind of gone through a lot of concrete things about House, and House of Earth and Blood in the last episode. And so now we're going to get into some more spoilers. And so we are definitely going to have spoilers for all of SJM. So Akatar, Throne of Glass, Crescent City, we're going to find some interconnection here. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you haven't read all three of those series and including HOSAP, if you haven't read uh, House of Sky and Breath in addition to Crescent City one yet, I would wait to listen to this episode until after because we don't want anyone to get spoiled. Right. Um, and if you haven't listened to part one of this episode, uh, I would recommend that too. It'll be a good reminder of just like the mm-hmm. basics of who people are, where we're at, that kind of stuff. Definitely. Um, All right, let's get into some spoilers. Let's get into that. Quick intro. Here we go. (laughs) So we left off on our last episode talking about Crown Crown Prince Prince of the the Valbarian Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we need to just like put a clip of that in here. I think so too. Here we'll. Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of the Valbarian Bay. Um, yes, but Rune Dannon. So visually, we get a lot of information Oof. about Rune. Damn. But Damn. I know. <laughs> but what stuck out to me more this time is I don't know, some stuff about like his background. Yeah. So there's a lot mentioned about how his power is less like the Autumn Kings. He doesn't really have mm-hmm. fire and stuff, which is so common of I guess Ooh. like the Valbarn Faye or whatever, but um, it's more like his mother Moms from, from the, the Isle, Isle. Avalon. Yeah, and which is like shadows and telepathy and things like that, which hmm, sounds familiar. It sounds very familiar. Who does that sound like? Reese. It sounds just like Reese. Yes. You know who else that makes me think of? Asriel. It's same. It made me think of Asriel too, of the yes. movie. Because they specifically said moving through shadows, and I was yes. like, what? I know. So that reminded me a lot of that, and... So then when they're talking about uh, the horn, when they're talking yep. about Luna's horn and how Peleus was the, the mm-hmm. starborn fae that originally uses the horn, they say he was the high general for Queen Thea, who was a, the fae mm-hmm. when they first came through, through, first entered the world through the crossing. 15,000 years 15, ago. 15,000 years ago, which <laughs> is an important time in... Uh, in uh, Perithian, too. Yes. Yeah. And so he, he meaning Peleus, married Helena, her daughter, uh, the daughter of Queen Thea. Mm-hmm. And there's another daughter that isn't mentioned. <gasps> Hold up. I did not even catch that. Yeah. So they briefly say that, that there's another daughter, but there's like no word of <sighs> no what her mention. name is or whatever. Stop. Interesting. And they say that Helena was night haired 
from whose golden skin poured starlight and shadows. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Also, that kind of like brings me back to like, Maybe Reese's mom or sister Sister isn't actually dead. Okay, that's where I was going with this because I'm like, I wonder if either, uh, like maybe not Helena, I guess, I don't know, Mm -hmm. or um, Bryce's sister. Do we know Reese's Reese's sister sister? or mom's name? I don't know that I do. I mean, maybe they say it and I don't remember, but I'm like, does that not sound like maybe Reese's sister wasn't dead and Mm -hmm. went through there and um, that Rune is now like a descendant Uh uh of that because those powers are way too similar and hunt even says at one point that when uh rune is walking into the continuum or whatever it is yes yes, yes. yeah the yeah i don't i don't remember what the word is but that one (laughs) yeah with the the big meeting with everybody and he's like oh he looks so much committium that's the word yeah committium there you go um He's like, it looks so much like them. He could have been the first Starborn Fae that walked through in the crossing. It makes a comment about that. So I really feel like there's some relation, like either to Az or something mm-hmm. or to um, Reese, uh-huh. that their family lines are going to pass up because we know, and we'll talk about it more in the next book, that yep. we know that even people in Perithian recognize Rune as looking similar. Mm-hmm. But that really stuck out to me in this one that the powers were so similar. Just, it made it feel it's, like it was so yes. obvious, but like the first time uh-huh. I read it, it was not. Same here. And it was now that we're like, especially looking for the connections. I thought that was so crazy. Well, also, as we've talked about in our previous episodes, Reese seems to disappear a lot. Yeah, I don't know what Reese is doing. And so maybe he's aware of these other worlds and maybe he's like doing something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and another thing that I noticed that was similar with Reese, Mm. actually, just from, like, activities. So when we first really meet the Autumn King in this book, Mm -hmm. and it's around page, like, 150, um, the Autumn King has a model of planets and moons and stuff. Yep. Which seemed just like what Cassian noted in Akasif in Reese's office. when Feyre noticed it, too. yeah. And she talks about how it also has, like, the planets and moons and whatever. And they both are kind of like, I don't really know what it is. I don't know. But it's here. Reese but, explained it to me, but I don't remember what he said. Yeah. But the Autumn King says he's looking for patterns with that. So it seems like an important thing. I was going to that up, too. <laughs> and that he's recording everything in the half-forgotten language that they used when they first came to Midgard through the Northern Rift. Very interesting. That makes me think of when we were just reading Akasif and... Amran is basically listening from Reese, who is listening to Nesta and like recalling her experience in the lake. And the Kelpie yep. is speaking the old language that hasn't been heard in 15 50, years. 15,000 years, yeah. Everything is 50,000 years. 15,000 years. It's like this number, 15,007. Yes. Oh yep. my goodness. So I'm just, and I think a lot of people are on this, on this track, but I'm sold that the fae from uh crescent city the fae yep. that are there are from perithian originally because we also know that uh oh, where was it so they mentioned that the fallen were made in midgard so the fallen being the angels mm-hmm. like and the the malachi what like what hunt is that they were made in midgard by the asteri but the fae shifters and others came from their own worlds yep so we know that the Fae came from somewhere else. From I'm, the Northern Rift. Yeah, from the Northern Rift through the crossing. So 
we know that. And even this one, again, it's like mm-hmm. feels so obvious now, but Bryce has a bunch of dusk court type references in this book too. Like, like even what? her scent, um, Hunt describes as like the gleam of the first stars at nightfall. Okay, hold on. What? I did not... I was not looking for that. Yeah. And in the very beginning of the book, when she goes to get her nails done and she's talking to the yeah. girlfriend of Maximum, the yep. guy who, who they're the vampire Tertian, guy. Max Tertian. Yeah. Yeah. Who dies. Yeah. She does her nails in a gradient from pink to periwinkle, like the sky at twilight. Why was I not even looking for that? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? It's just like such little. So do we think things. that Crescent City is the lost dust court? Yes. <gasps> and I think it came, I, I think for sure that that's like the fae people that came over were from mm-hmm. Dust Court. Okay. So also connecting, we have the seven layers of hell. Yep. In the library, we have seven layers of the library. Yep. And they say that it's darkest on the seventh level, mm-hmm. which if, if we remember what Ada said, the like first, second, third level mm-hmm. princes of hell they are closer to the light and so they want to get out more. Mm-hmm. And so they're not as scary, right? Mm-hmm. Do we think that that's Hosab spoiler? If you have not read Sky and Breath, this is a spoiler yeah, I feel for like that. I probably already spoiled it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like just double checking, yeah. making sure. Um, when Bryce lands, do we think she landed in the library? No, it's... she like landed outside or something, right? I mean, we'll mm-hmm. have to read the next book to remember exactly what it was, but I thought she was like outside and yeah. ran into people. But. But I think that that's going to be very oh, I, important. I think the library is going to be relevant in the next book for sure. Oh. I feel like I'll wait more for Hosab to get into that, yeah. just to read into that. <laughs> yes, oh I, I definitely think that. And so now going back to even just Luna's horn, ah, yes, where they said Faye forged it in their home world and named it for goddess in their new one. I think the home world was... Perithian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I was kind of trying to in, like connect those because mm-hmm. we know that we just talk about an Akasif. There's the three mountains. Yes. You have the the prison. Yes. You have uh, Ramiel, which has not been explored very explored. much. And then you have under the mountain. But then we also, we have the library that has the seven layers. And so it's like, I am just, I'm questioning how it's all going to be intermixed. But I do think Crescent City is going to be the missing dust court. Yeah. But I'm just like, so where too. is it going to show up? Yeah. Like, how game? is it going to fit in? Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't already listened to our Akatar episodes, we talk a little bit more. We get into the fact that, that there was a lot of mentions over how um, the prison and that island used to be in eighth mm-hmm. court. And there's like, a lot of mentions about how that used to be. And a lot court. of different beings that are there that are yeah. not seen in the rest. Yeah, that me, also came through at some point when there was a rip in the world. And hmm. so I think that rip in the world was also the crossing. You know, it's crazy because you have the Northern Rift and then you have the Southern Rift and we don't know much about the Southern Rift. Yeah, they really only mentioned the Northern Rift very much mm-hmm. and that everybody came, everybody <laughs> came through there. <laughs> so I don't know. Something else that I found was very interesting from, let's say, the Autumn King, Bryce, and the way that a lot of other fae are described is red hair, Mm -hmm. fire magic. Why does that sound like the Autumn Court? Right. Well, I mean, even he's called the Autumn King was like very interesting to me. So if they're all from Dust Court, it like makes me wonder... 
like if they weren't really all, if there were some people from everywhere, like if there were, um, because again, the description of the Starborn Fae seem a lot like Night Court. Yes. And so, yeah, it makes me kind of wonder if there were pieces of the other courts that were represented in that crossing. Right. And just Dust Court was the only one to completely disappear. Mm-hmm. Or um, we mentioned in the other one, uh, in uh, Akasif, we mentioned it in that episode that there was like the people who might be in stone in the, oh, yeah. remember the, when they get, when um, Nessa gets the harp, the harp, right. And, and they're like trapped. And she sees like this vision yes. and whatever of, of, she thinks people being trapped in stone. So, so maybe the, Crescent City, they're trapped, but they don't know it. Well, or maybe it just, it made me wonder, like originally I had really assumed that everybody in Crescent City was just, they were the people from Dusk Court who got right. shipped over there, but maybe not. Maybe there really was a crossing of a bunch of people who went through in the crossing from oh all gosh. these different courts and that dust court is just completely like, or mostly trapped in stone and only some of them made it oh to my gosh. Uh, Midgard. Yes. Because it does seem interesting that the powers of all the people in Midgard do range, yeah, but there it's mostly, but it's mostly flame. like autumn court. Yes. That was something to, de- I definitely, mention that but i'm like what the hell happened fifteen thousand years ago yeah no one has happened no one has talked about why the crossing happened or if it was intentional or forced Mm -hmm. like no one has talked about that far back like how or why that happened right just that it did happen and there were things that were there before it yeah oh my gosh so many questions yeah so many theories so also from that crossing though i think at least i can assume star sword so let's talk about that oh my gosh i was literally that was the next thing that i was gonna always on the same page girl (laughs) so the star sword was forged in another world before the fae came through the northern rift and Hmm. it was described as part of a pair with a long bladed knife that was forged from the same meteorite and that knife is lost not seen for a long time Hmm. I assume that's truth teller. That's got to be Az's sword. You know what? And I was kind of thinking the same thing. I want to find where I actually... ah. 458? Yep. Oh, it is the same. (laughs) Uh, We lost the knife eons ago. Even the Fae archives have no record of how it might have been lost, but it seems to have been sometime during the first wars. So the first wars must have been, what was 15,000 years ago? What were they running from? What was the war about? No idea. Truth teller, we know that Azrael has it. Mm-hmm. Don't they describe it as a sword, though? I thought they described it as a long knife. Really? Yeah, I don't remember it being described. I, I think the long bladed knife, I think that that is how it's described. Because hmm. like when Elaine uses it and stuff, mm-hmm. I remember it being a like a long blade, not a full sword. And they say that when the knife and the sword are, are reunited, are re- reunited, so shall our people be. Hmm, that's interesting for Hosab. Yeah. So I definitely think that that's that those two are a pair. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, which that's now they so... are. Yeah, we'll we'll get there more in the next book. But now they we'll are. We'll probably learn in, right? in the book that comes out in less than a month. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of cool. Also, that is pretty cool. About fifteen thousand years, the Archnesian Archnesian Amlet. How am I even supposed to say oh, that? Oh, the. Uh, uh, let me, f- oh my gosh, I just had that. Here, let me look really quick. I thought it was Arkesian. Arkesian? Sure. But I just had it. The protection necklace. 
that Bryce wears. Yeah. Y'all can tell I'm not the one who pronounces things correctly. No, you're good. Um, You're good. So that amulet, we know there's only five in the world. They're worth Mm. a lot of money. Three million. Yeah, they're worth three million. They hid Bryce from the demons who were hunting Mm -hmm. uh, the horn. And so... We know that there's some type of protection on that, which I feel like is going to be important now with the dead trove and, yes. um, and Perithian. And it's three intertwined circles. Mm-hmm. With a triangle in the middle. Does right? it say with a triangle in the middle? That's what I thought it was. I just read it. I, I only have that it was three intertwined circles. For some reason, I thought that there was a... Uh... The, you're, maybe you're thinking of the embrace, which was a circle with two triangles underneath. <gasps> Oh, that's, that's what probably Ember, what I'm thinking. Her, that's of. what Bryce's mom wears on a necklace. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, a knot of three entwined circles along the delicate chain around her neck. You're right. It is not. Which is yeah. interesting because I think that's what the bone carver draws in the sand. Those <gasps> three intertwined circles. When he's like talking to them, remember, he's casually drawing something in the sand. Interesting. Just also, why interesting. is Jessica the one that's giving her this? Right. Or why does she need it for protection mm-hmm. in the um, archives? What's in the archives that she needs That's, it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, and we know that it's 15,000 years old, which is just exactly. a convenient timing with the crossing. Also, clearly, Jessica just has multiple because yeah. it gets melted. Yeah, it gets melted and she gets another. fucking sand drill. remember that. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. So how if there's only five in the world, how did Jessica end up with two of them? Mm-hmm. And why did she just give them to Bryce? Yeah. I thought that was, yeah. Super mm. interesting. Oh, Jessica. Mm. You know who we haven't talked about? The Viper Queen. Mm, yeah, we haven't talked about the Viper Queen yet. She's clearly not of this world. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, definitely not. So we, the Viper Queen is in charge of the meat market, which is kind of like the shady part of town. Which is so funny. That's called the meat market. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> gross. So that's where our... Um, uh, they sell human flesh and <laughs> and other things. No, and so she's a tall, moon-skinned woman. Mm-hmm. She's got chin-length, black hair, green eyes with slitted pupils. And she's, she's a serpentine shifter yep. whose snake form was a yep, moon-white cobra with scales. That gleamed like opal. Interesting. Who else is moon-white and has is described as opal eyes? Wait, I don't actually... Adis. <gasps> when he's a cat, he's described as moon white with opal eyes and they describe the viper queen as having something else something other something extra that mixed with her venom something strange and old so i wonder if she's like part demon or from hell or something you know who else we just described in our last episode that had magic that was not of this world and it was strange and old freeze yeah that's true too because we found out neither of us caught the first time that reese was born without wings and Cassian describes it as a magic that is not of this world and is strange and old. Yeah. Some weird so stuff there. So she has to be clearly of something else. Yeah. But I, do, I really think that the Viper Queen is either like part demon or like in some way from hell mm-hmm. of some sort. Just from the way that she's described oh, and how sure. terrified people are. <laughs> people are so scared of her. And it's so funny. The one thing that I loved about Feyre that I love about Bryce is neither one of them are scared of anything. <laughs> They're yeah. so brave. Oh yeah. my gosh. So how interesting did you think the epilogue was? Oh my So in the epilogue, gosh. this is like the very last pages of the book, literally the last two pages of the book, we find out that Jessica and Adis... They know each other, clearly. Yeah, they've clearly been working together 
Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and Adis knew about Bryce. Adis knew that Bryce was starborn. Even when Bryce didn't know about Bryce. Right. And, uh, Jespa says, I thought Thea's light was forever extinguished. And Ada said, so did I. So they clearly are like surprised by that. But that is important that means, to that. That means Jessica is old. Old, old. And I thought that was interesting. So when uh, well, um, they're talking about then Hunt and Jessica's like, oh, and Hunt <laughs> Athelar. And mm-hmm. Ada says, I think Athelar's father would have been proud. And she goes, sentimental of you. And then Ada shrugs off as best as his female body would allow. Feel free to disagree, of course. You knew the male best. So we know Jessica knew Hunt's dad, but we don't know who Hunt's dad was. But Jessica does, and Adis does. Clearly from this, they knew who Hunt's dad was. That is so funny because I caught that I think Athlar's father would have been proud, but I did not catch you knew the male best. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I, oh my God. And so the, <laughs> the fact that we don't know who Hunt's dad yet, I think but they he, do. I think that his dad is going to be important. Then. I think so because too. Because he has, I mean, Hunt was born with so much more power than they would expect, right? Yes. And so I, I think that that's going to be important. Interesting. I, not that this is a spoiler for other mm-hmm. like interconnecting worlds, but I thought it was so interesting. Like the character development with Bryce and when she, the only reason she hid her powers was so that Rune, Rune Dan and Crown, <laughs> Crown Prince of the Valpar and Faye could keep his title. And when she shoves it at her dad and the mom has the phone call and she's like, she kept it quiet so that your son could keep his power since that's the only thing that you actually care about. Yeah. Yeah, that was really sad. I felt really bad for Rune in that moment. But I love that he has been like trying to embrace his sister since that oops moment. How did you feel about that oops moment of what he said, though? I thought the oops moment was really sad. But he tried to correct it so hard. Like he tried so hard. It was like every paragraph he talked to her, he'd be like, you know, I'm here for you. You know I'm here for you. I just want to reiterate, I love you and I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And like he's made his fair share of mistakes. But the one thing that he always tries to harp on is how much he loves Bryce and how much he wants her to know that he's on her side. Yeah. I know. It made me so sad. I mean, the fact that he called her a half-breed whore, though, was like really, I mean, really was, bad. That was a little rough. But <laughs> at the same bad. time, like they were teenagers. Exactly. They were young teenagers, and I feel like people say mean shit, and then that they don't mean, and there's a certain level exactly. of meaning and forgiveness. So it made me happy. And they're siblings, and siblings yeah. fight, and yeah. It made me happy that they, they get were, over that mm-hmm. in this book. Same, because I love Rune, and even in this book, yes. I was like, oh. I can't wait to read about Rune in the next book. Me <laughs> I feel like I'm going to constantly just be playing that TikTok in my head, uh-huh. and I'll just, I'll put it in the YouTube video, but oh my yep. God. <laughs> yes. We love, we are Rune fanatics here. Yeah. Oh man. Goodness. What else, what else I got here? We um, have. So, oh, go ahead. I mean, this might not this might not even be on the same page, whatever. Um, the mayor, like the mer people, bringing brides below sounds an awful lot of the Kelpie in Silver Flames. 
Mm. Do you remember when they were talking about... Well, the Kelpie are a part of the House of Many Waters. Right. Yeah. They are. And they would bring their brides down and do all these nasty shit to them and then keep them in a bubble underwater. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what Nesta had to deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there definitely were a lot of, I don't know, comparisons to that. And Mm -hmm. since these Crescent City books are clearly being named after each house, I want, and I know that we get more underwater in the next Mm -hmm. book, but I'm really curious mm -hmm. if we're going to see more comparisons between like the creatures. Because even Gwyn being um, part nymph, which was also water, oh water for- nymph, yes, right? Yes, I forgot about that. So, like, I'll be curious if maybe there's just some more comparisons of, like, creature to creature yeah. in each world. Well, especially since the language that the Kelpie was speaking was yes. 15,000 years old. Right. Hmm. Very interesting. interesting. What was your next point that you were going to get at? Oh, I was just going to talk some about, I don't know, We and I, I think we get a little more in the next book about kind of some of the gods or like ancient bits that we get yes because even they're they're dribbled around so we're in a clearly a metropolitan area in this book but uh they mentioned bringing a lot of things from older areas of pangira or Mm -hmm. um whatever around so like the white raven which is now a nightclub that you know bryce used to frequent but they say how it used to be a temple and that the dance floor was still the original ancient stones of some long forgotten god a temple for for pleasure so we've got that one in the meat market it has a mosaic from an ancient temple in manjira Mm -hmm. cloaked and hooded death skeleton face scythe in one hand and an hourglass in another interesting yeah and um i don't know there's just there's like kind of a lot of mentions of that and so maybe before or like when we go through Sky and Breath, I'll collect some of that. But yeah. there's a lot of mentions of the, I think there's five gods that they kind of talk about in okay. this one. Well, and then in Silver Flames, we start to get more of the conversation of the first gods. Like yeah, things that were there before the Fae were there. Right, and the old so people gods. clearly mm-hmm. still have mentions of that here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to collect some of that. I feel yeah. like now we're going to see a little bit more overlap. Definitely um, good things to keep in mind before starting Sky and Breath. Yes, definitely more things to to keep in mind what else i got very interesting oh we haven't talked about the gates oh yeah i thought the gates that were in the city when i first read it and kind of in the beginning of rereading it when danica and bryce are talking about the gates and they're just like you you add a drop of power right Mm -hmm. and then they make a wish and so basically to me, it sounded like a fountain. Yeah, like remind- a wishing well. Yeah. It reminded me of the fountain in Italy where you like toss a coin. And then at the end of the week, they like take all of the coins and that's like they're taking the money for the government, mm-hmm. whatever. And then there are some mentions of it throughout the book of it being a communication portal before, before the wars or during the wars. And then we really start to see these portals being used at the end of the book and how they were the portals to hell. And so we know there's five gates, right? Or there were seven for each of the... Seven gates. There's one in each of the quarters. So there's six around and then the one in the middle. And they couldn't see what was coming through the bone quarters gates. Oh, yeah. Because there's no cameras in the bone quarter. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that's also the power that Bryce used to make the drop. We also haven't talked about the drop. 
Yeah, well, we haven't talked about the ordeal or the drop, right? Actually. Okay, so the gates are these communication portals, and now we know that they can lead to other worlds. Yeah, when when Bryce used the horn, well, when Micah used the horn through Bryce, it opened it opened the portals. portals within the gates, which we'll learn more in Sky and Breath. But yep. good thing to keep note of. Yeah. So let's talk about the ordeal and the drop. Yeah. So the ordeal happens before the drop. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like a precursor to that. And so the ordeal varies by person. It says it can be as simple as overcoming an illness or for others, it might be slaying a worm. I'm sorry, what? Who does that <laughs> make you demon. think of? I was like, again, feels so obvious now that I'm reading. Yes, but I did not catch it the first time. I did not catch that the first time. So, so I think that Pharaoh went through the ordeal and right. the drop. Well, okay, so this, it had me a little confused because obviously I think of Pharaoh and she went through trials. She went through three trials and one of them was the worm. Amarantha, who we think could be of another world, why was she putting Pharaoh through the the ordeal? And I want to know what the drop would look like in Prithian. Well, so that's the thing is I think I feel like we saw the drop for Feyre, but I don't really get how it works for everyone else because Feyre does lose her mortal body. She dies. And has yes. to like crawl back to becoming right. a mortal, right? And so that's very similar to how the, what is it, like the search or whatever is yes. described yes. as a part of the drop. So do we remember in Akatar when Feyre dies mm-hmm. and was there any mention of time of how long she was dead? Because I can't remember. Just that it's not very long, but it, it, yeah, there's not specific time that's mentioned. The search is six, six minutes. minutes. And so they're searching, they're searching, and then they make their way back. When Feyre dies, she was searching and searching and she found the light and she pulled on it and brought her back. Yeah. That is exactly what happens with Bryce. Reese was her anchor too. Yes. Reese was her anchor back to life, which I thought was interesting. Uh But it just makes me wonder because in Midgard, for the veneer to become immortal, they have to go through the drop Mm -hmm. to do that. And everybody in Perithian seems to like automatically have that. Right. And so it makes me wonder Mm -hmm. since I think we need to talk more about the drop in Hosab yes. because the Steri are doing some shady shit with shady shit with the first light that mm-hmm. is being created through the drop. So it makes me wonder if it's something that they're forcing <gasps> to happen so that they can benefit from it. Interesting. You know what it also makes me think of though? So in Akatar, we learn that kids are rare and there were only like the 12 kids of the, was it the winter court? that Amarantha ends up killing. But other than that, we don't hear about kids. Other than in Valaris, where you hear kids screaming and laughing and playing, you don't hear about kids anywhere else. Yeah, like we know there just aren't that many of them. Although, I mean, to be fair, I think everybody had been under Amarantha's rule for so long that it kind of makes sense that that wasn't a time when there was a lot of kids being born. But I just kind of wonder if we're not hearing about kids because... You're a kid, you're a kid, you're a kid until you make the drop. And then you have all of these like grown fae. Like Mm. maybe they're making the drop and we just don't know it. Mm. 
Yeah, but because because in, in Midgard, when you make the drop, that's also kind of where you stop yeah. aging. Mm-hmm. And that's why Bryce makes such an, a, like a point about when she when. wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because her and Danica wanted to do it at like 27. No wrinkles, but still grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'll be curious about that. You're right. They do talk a lot more about kids in yeah. Midgard than they do in Perithian. And it doesn't seem to be that big of an issue to have kids in. No, not at all. Midgard, although there also seems to be more cross-pollination of people (laughs) and i love that word for it (laughs) i mean there seems to be a lot but really there seems to be a lot more of like mixing of people or creatures and um in midgard and Mm -hmm. like the autumn king says that their powers are waning that the phase powers have been waning Mm -hmm. but it makes me wonder if they're just diluting because they have been maybe like marrying in other types of beings so it kind of made me wonder if that was part of why I was waiting or if there's another reason or just mm-hmm. not being with at their home world with the source That's of like their power. The, yeah, so the power is draining. Yeah. And so that kind of makes me think about um, in Akatar we talked a lot about how there were other beings before that sucked the world dry. Mm-hmm. And so now these powers are now in Crescent City, Lunatheon, and they are sucking it dry. And so the power is waning. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, that's true, too. We'll we'll talk more about that in the next one, I guess. Definitely. Definitely thought that was interesting. Me, too. Okay. What? Go ahead. No, I don't have anything. Go ahead. Oh, the one that I really wanted to wait until we were in our spoilers part. When Micah is attacking Bryce. Okay. And she reaches for the books because she's, like, uh, trying to use one of them to help Micah get away. Uh Uh-huh. Did you catch that? I don't think I did. Tell me more. Go girlfriend. to 691. Okay, 691. Just thought I would um, note the names of the books that her <laughs> tingling fingers brushed over the titles on the divine number, which I feel like is going to be seven because we've Where? talked about. Oh, oh okay. Yep, 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 yep. On the divine number. I feel like that's seven. The Walking Dead. Not sure about that. The Book of Breathing. Shut up the front door. <laughs> I'm sorry. I what? did not notice that. What? Yeah. Oh my god. The book I, of breathing. Look at this. I have no highlights. What? Nothing. What? How did I miss that? The book of breathings. Shut is the front in door. The archives in Crescent City. Shut so up. So there's more than one copy of that out there because the book unless, of breathings is the book in Oh, you mean unless there's a time thing, I guess. But Yeah, unless so we know that Prithian is old, right? Yeah. We don't think that this is all happening in the damn, I keep hitting my microphone. <laughs> we don't think that this is all happening at the same time. What if they brought okay. you do I don't think they are. Well, I mean, when so you don't think that when Bryce shows up in Hosab, you don't think that that's the end of Mm-mm. Oh, when do you think it is? I and think it was 15,000 years ago. You think that Bryce is showing up in Perithian 15,000 years ago? The Hosab, the so, end of Hosab is then. Well, let's so SJM has said that these are she thinks that these are all happening maybe in the same worlds but maybe at different times or maybe different planets but they're not happening at the same time i mean i don't think that throne of glass happened at the same time but, but you think that well i just think that the end of hosab is pulling into perithian that's pulling into uh, like the akatar world somewhere relative to where we are with our current characters. Oh. Because we know that our current characters are there. Like, she, right. she's met a couple of them. So She's met, but she's only met a couple of them. Oh, and so you think know. that maybe, like, Farah and people aren't there yet? 
You think it might no, be because in the past. she she definitely but then she would mentions. Be a, but then Bryce would be like mentioned in Akatar. You know, unless it that's was after. What, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it could be later. But I'm saying later, I think yeah. that all of Akatar has already happened. What okay. we've seen happen. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, but either way, on your point. The Book of Breathing. The Book of Breathing is freaking there. Is there? That's, is it the whole book? We just see the spine, but the fact oh that she's, and then the God. queen of many faces. The queen of many faces. Does that not make you think of the five queens? Yeah. Or I don't the, know. Or like, crown? I don't know. That just, the, the fact that she names the titles and that the book of breathings is in there was just the very book noticeable of freaking to me. breathings. So it makes me wonder what other books in the archives are going to be valuable mm-hmm. in. Well, uh, on the divine number, that's going to be seven. I think that's, gonna, yeah. Why is that so important? The walking dead. So that make you think of Nesta on the mask? <gasps> oh. And how the queens wanted to raise that and Koshi wanted his walking dead army. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I wasn't sure. I thought, I didn't know if maybe it was going to be something with the bone quarter. I don't even know. But yeah, that makes sense that the mask would be And that's on the why walking dead. the bone carver doesn't want to be in the real world because Koshi wants to raise the walking dead. Ooh. <gasps> That's interesting. I hadn't really because as we were talking together. about at the end of Akasif, Koshi is still at large. Right, he did not get resolved. Right. So I'm thinking in Crescent City three, he's gonna be the big, mm. the big uh, villain, the big bad, the big bad. Yeah. But anyways, oh my gosh, the Book of Breathing. So I thought that was. So oh my god! Point. I don't know how I didn't. Catch that. We haven't talked about C-Ranx. I was just... Oh, just really? <laughs> I literally just grabbed that. <laughs> oh, my God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just... Let's so, he's a, he's a chimera. Oh, uh, he's so cute. Yeah, it sounds so cute with his little it lion tail. It reminds me of um, Fireheart from Throne of Glass. Oh, the little oh, pup. They always have their little animals. I know, <laughs> little pet. But he is much more than a little pet because... But Bryce doesn't know. Right. <laughs> so Hunt mentions that he can pick locks, open doors, and jump between two places as if he was walking from one room to another. I did not remember that in the slightest. So I must... Basically, he can winnow, I guess. <gasps> like <laughs> I did not connect to that. Oh, my God. That's basically how it's described. But in this book, and I think even kind of in the next, we only see him do it like in a funny way, right? Like, yes. oh, I thought I locked mm-hmm. that door. Or like, oh, he bites Hunt in the butt when that he stops paying attention. So funny. But I am hoping, this is like at least my <laughs> dream for Crescent City 3 because SJM has said to be nervous for Rune and Hunt, and we won't get too into that now. But I feel like Strings is going to be able to like come save them because I he's going to be able so. to basically to, like pass through whatever walls or locks he needs to get to, oh to get God, to them. I, he's so. gonna, I think that those abilities are going to be important. I really hope so. I was laughing so hard the first time that it happened in the book, because again, I did not remember it. And so when Hunt was like, well, clearly Bryce doesn't know, but he showed up on the other building when Hunt was just like, bites him in the butt. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And how don't I remember that? Oh, it's so cute. He's oh, so cute. My gosh, it's like in between so a dog cute. and a cat. That's what I know. It feels like. And a lion, clearly. Well, I mean, he's like looks more like a lion, but I just mm-hmm. mean his behavior is like, oh, definitely. like in between definitely. a cat and a dog. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. So 
funny. He's adorable. I just loved it. Yeah. Oh, good old Syrinx. Yeah. So cute. Bryce also paid for his freedom like she did with yes. Lily. Oh my God. I forgot how sad that was. That I did too. Like right then she doesn't tell her. She's like, I was going to have a little party or celebration She's for like, you. She's like, I knew. I already looked in your drawers. I know. <laughs> Which was also hilarious. I loved Lily. I thought she was so funny. Gosh. I know. She's adorable. Oh yeah, I have so many questions. Like, yeah, what are do you have some anything that's left over? Some unresolved questions. I do actually. So I wanted to give a little shout out because when I was looking for some Crescent City and just Earth and Blood, some little theories and whatnot, I found Lauren's little library, and she had a whole video on unanswered questions. Nice. And we've kind of talked about it, but sometimes it's nice to have it all in a list. Mm -hmm. And so I figured that would be a really good way to kind of. What makes the Viper Queen's power something different and old? Mm -hmm. The Oracle says to hunt. You remind me of that, which was lost long ago. I had not realized it would even appear again. Do yourself a favor. Stay well away from Bryce Quinlan. Mm. What the hell does this mean? Yeah. Who is Danica's father? We'll find that out in the next book. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where is the Starboy knife? The one that's a pair to Rune's star sword. Why hasn't the seventh Asteri seat been replaced? Oh. And who was the seventh Asteri? We know the name, but we don't know who they were. Oh, yeah. At the end, Ada says to Jessica, our plans do not change. What plans? Yeah. Why was Adis at the Oracle when Bryce went to go visit? How will Syrinx's abilities be used? Oh, wow. This is so fun. These are like all the things that we've already talked about. I know. But this is a good summary. I love it. Who is Hunt's father? Literally all the things that I brought up. This is so good. When Ada says, I think Athlar's father would have been proud. And clearly, Jessica knows him. Yeah. So it's going to be crazy. One thing that we haven't mentioned yet was that the oracle says to Rune. Mm. Your the royal line would end with you. Which can mean a lot of things. It can mean so many things. It can mean that he'll die. That Bryce, who has now said, or Rune said that she is the princess, so she will die. Neither of them will have kids. Mm. Like, we also have the Autumn King, who, like, is it, the Autumn King's line that is going to die or like maybe Rune is going to like disgrace his name and take somebody else's. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's going it to mean so many things. I'm just holding that for later. I feel like I don't even have any theories of which direction that's going to mm -mm. go yet because I don't think it's going to be the obvious Rune is going to die. I feel Same. like, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be maybe like someone else comes into power as a result of rune or, or something. maybe they go somewhere else yeah i don't know so i yeah. i have like literally no idea Same. on that one yet just a question to keep yeah there's a question for, for later for sure wow oh also just kind of interesting um the eight pointed star that comes onto bryce's chest mm -hmm. do you notice that's the same shape as the tattoo that um nesta got when she made a bargain with cassian Oh my God, no. On her back was also an eight-pointed star. And they even talk about in all of the training scenes with Cassian and Nesta, like that eight, I don't know, basically like the eight, whatever. <gasps> like I just the thought, eight positions? Yeah. And they kind what? of call that an eight, 
pointed star too. There's stop. Yeah, in, I did not catch that. And Akasif, there's a couple couple mentions of that, and I just thought that was interesting. That that is that very tattoo on her back was the same as the same shape. Another at least. interconnecting piece. Yeah. So I don't. Definitely something to keep in mind. Definitely interesting. Also, I want to pay attention for the next book because I remember when I read Hosab, which was a year ago, I so mean, it's been a long time. I read it a long time ago, too. But that the bone quarter isn't what we think it is. Yeah. But in this book, she gets a glimpse of the pack all happy over there. Yes. And it was like a green plains and she, yeah. like the clouds parted. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? I mean, I, so I want to keep that in mind because that is Same. not what I remember actually Same being here. in the bone quarter. The I didn't remember one. that at all. Yeah. So that, I don't know about that. Very interesting because we think it's just like this like mythical place kind of. Well, not mythical place, but we, uh, so they act like here where everybody is assuming like the equivalent of how a lot of Christians think about heaven. Heavener. Yeah. Right. Yes. That it's this nice place that souls go to hang out for then the rest of eternity. Yes. And I think in the second book, we find out that's not really what's going on. Oh, we absolutely do. But so that was interesting that she would be like getting this little happy glimpse, glimpse of green rolling that fields. Is not yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, I thought mm-hmm. that was of note. Very good to note. Yeah. Wow. So many questions going into HOSAB. And clearly I remember not a lot <laughs> because I remember big points that happen, but I think we're going to learn so much more. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. This is going to be the last book that we'll cover before, before Crescent Crescent City City 3. 3, before Flame and Shadow comes out. Yeah. I'm oh my fun. gosh. I know. I can't wait. I feel like in the next episode, we should talk about who people have theorized is on the third cover. Oh yeah. We'll have to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely just like more specific theories for crescent city three definitely oh yes. my gosh i'm so excited oh uh, so many good things i know i feel like we didn't even really talk that much about the plot like what happens in this book but yeah <laughs> <laughs> as you're saying it i think you're right but i feel like it was like a very broad plot and like this yeah. being the first book yeah. we got so much more world building yeah there's a lot of like world building around basically just like a murder mystery. Like I Pretty feel like much. the whole time Hunt and Bryce are, they've got the slow burn of mm-hmm. their relationship and them working together, mostly together <laughs> to, well. try, to try and figure out like who has been doing the murders mm-hmm. and who stole Luna's horn. So that's yes. kind of like overall, that's what we've got going on all right. throughout this book. Which was kind of nice because while there was a lot going on, like to your point, yeah. it didn't really matter. Like that wasn't really exactly. what we had to take away from it. It's kind of like a court of thorns and roses where yeah. they like give you a whole lot of information, but like the plot doesn't actually really matter yeah. for the first 75% of the book, <laughs> yeah. which is like exactly what this was like. It was kind like, of. oh, things are happening. And then at the end, I feel like when we get Micah's like his big like villainous speech oh my god it did feel like such a, um, a monologue yeah it's felt like such a villain monologue like reminding yes. me of um of like scooby-doo or something oh my god. like the, the villain monologue <laughs> yes. of just like revealing all of the things and her just like and just vacuuming him up. man that was great that was yeah. so funny i yeah i was catching a lot at that point i was catching a lot of interconnection with the knock and then they were talking about mm-hmm. other creatures that Jespa had and I was like that sounds a lot like other worlds that we have yeah. so so we've left off uh house of earth and blood with 
Hunt is free. He is a free man. He doesn't have, yep, he has the C on his wrist, which yep. means he's free. He doesn't have the SPQM, or SQPM. Yeah, whatever, whatever it, it was. He uh, he no longer has the tattooed brow. The oh black my God, crown. because Hypaxia, we didn't talk about it. her. She's the new witch. Queen. Queen. And she removed his brow so he could kill Sandriel. Yep. Who was the other archangel of Pangera. Yep. So Michael is dead. Pan, uh, Sandriel's dead. And Hunt is free. Hunt is free. And he's free because the Asteri have basically allowed it. So and kind of a, they have this like last call with Bryce at the end, right? Like Bryce and, and it Hunt. And it was Regellus. Regellus. Yeah. Um, that they basically are like, yeah, well, here's a little thank you. <laughs> wink, wink for uh, all that you did. You know, keep it call quiet. Us a bonus. Yeah. Basically being like, keep it in line. Stay Live in your lane. Life. Yeah, live a quiet life. And Don't try to overthrow us. Yeah, and Hunt can be free and mm-hmm. we won't bother you. We know that Jessica moved to the library. Yes. Bryce has been applying to new jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's how we leave off. That's yeah. pretty much how we leave off. And it sounds very anticlimactic, but that's what happened. Yeah. Well, so. it's just funny that this one... I feel like was really not that much of a cliffhanger. And then book two was like the oh biggest my God. cliffhanger. I know. I know. Kind of like Akatar though, if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Actually, mm-hmm. that was, yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. Akatar didn't have very big cliffhanger. And then you had the other ones. all of the rest that were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so how much I loved this and how much I loved Sky and Breath, I cannot wait for the rest of the series. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the end of January. And I'm excited because everything SJM does just gets better and better. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Well, awesome. That's all we got for Crescent City One for you. Uh, join us next time for yeah. House of Sky and Breath or Crescent City Two. Perfect. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Miss Willow's Book Club Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Willow's Book Club Pod for our upcoming reads. Keep, Keep it, it spicy, book lovers. <laughs>